Long now has mankind looked up to the skies and wondered if we are alone in this universe. Many miraculous things have been spotted all over the world, reported by our militaries, and sparked great debates amongst ourselves. I am here to tell you that ladies and gentlemen, people of Earth, brothers and sisters of all races, all countries, that we are not alone. We have never been alone. That some higher power has ceased to spread the gift of life throughout the universe and beyond all comprehension. It is in these times we must learn to love one another. We must not share hate, but joy. We must not inhibit, but we must grow. These beings are our friends. They are our family. They want to help us become better, to see the true potential of mankind. And for maybe one day, we will join them in their voyage to help other beings from other star systems. As shocking as this news may be, it is nothing new. Our governments of the world have known for quite some time that we are not alone in this universe, and we have had contact for many of years, slowly preparing the American public and the public of the world for such a revelation. We are not alone. And we are about to embark on the greatest journey mankind has ever experienced. Ladies and gentlemen, we have contact. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are joined by Philip Mantle, one of a really good author. That I've hopefully my book will be delivered soon from Amazon. So, <laughs> yes, especially anytime he goes to order any books involving UFO subject lately, they mysteriously go missing in his part of the world. Well, that is very true. They always go missing, but I've went for the Amazon Prime this time, so hopefully I'll get it. So, Philip, how are you today? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you very much. All is well here in sunny Pontefract in West Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah. So, Philip, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for the audience tonight? Yeah, well, I've, I've been involved in, in, in the, the UFO topic for, and this makes me sound really old, but I, I've got it, you know, over 40 years. Um, but going back, you know, I, I was always interested in all things paranormal. Uh, yes. As far back as I can remember, um, you know, and... Um, those were, of course, long before the days of the internet and smartphones and things mm -hmm. like that. But I used to read whatever I could yeah. lay my hands on. Um, my mother was a great reader. She liked, you know, fiction. Uh, but yeah. So we always had books around. And I remember, you know, um, I don't know, I would be 13 or 14. And, and my best friend's grandmother quite literally yes. lived at the opposite <clears throat> side of the road to us. And she used to go to the spiritualist church. So I went along with her a few times. And I, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but I found it fascinating. 
didn't necessarily agree with everything that was being said, but I believe these people were genuine in their beliefs mm -hmm. and so on. And um, I remember reading um, Eric von Daniken's book, Chariots of the Gods. That yeah. made me think. Yeah, that's brilliant, yeah. And so when I left, I left high school when I was 16 with, with mm -hmm. no academic qualifications that were worth anything, not really knowing what I wanted to do in life. So I, I kind of went from one job to another, but still had this fascination for the paranormal. And I, I also loved astronomy and the space program. And I read mm -hmm. one astronomy book, no idea what it was called, but it, it had one chapter on UFOs. Yeah basically dismissing them yeah. but yet elsewhere in this same book there were you know things of, of an astronomy nature that were um theoretical and were far out and outlandish and i thought well yeah. I, you know why would you dismiss the ufo topic but accept these other things right. so, yeah so that kind of got me interested and in <laughs> In late, very late 1978, over into 1979, I went to work in, in what was West Germany and couldn't speak a word of the lingo. Um, so I asked my mum to send me some books. And this right. box arrived and it was all UFO books, all paperbacks. I have, to this day, I have no idea where she got them. <laughs> so by the, by the time I returned home, I got a, a better grip on the subject if you like through these books and just by chance i used to live about five miles from the city of leeds in west yorkshire yeah. and leeds then as of now used to publish a a newspaper an evening newspaper called the yorkshire evening post and my yeah. aunt who lived around the corner she brought it around one night she knew of my growing interest in this subject and she showed me a, a, an advertisement and it was a small ad for the formation of the Yorkshire UFO Society coming up that Sunday in Leeds. So right. as people may, of my age will know that in those days on a Sunday, I mean, the whole of the UK used to shut. That's there were right. no shops, you know, you got one, bus, got one bus an hour. Anyway, so I went into Leeds, found this location, and there was about 20 or 30 people there. The Yorkshire UFO Society was founded by two brothers. They were Graham and Mark Birdsell. They put on a presentation, which I mm -hmm. thought was excellent. There was even more books that I could buy while I was there. And, and that was me up and running, gentlemen. I paid my membership to the Yorkshire UFO Society. I think it was about the grand total of about two pounds for the whole year. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. wow. And out, yeah, two pounds. Oh, you can't even that's... buy a, you can't buy a pint or a coffee. I, I know, two I know, pounds. right? It, yeah. It's how you, it's how you tell me about in, in those days on a Sunday out through the walks down. I mean, I stay in a small mining village, and my mother's father they're from the sixties period, and they've told yep. me on a Sunday, everything closed, the pubs, everything, everything. yeah, everything. I mean, it was t totally shut down. There were a few pubs would stay open for a couple of yeah. hours. That was it, you know. And the buses used to run a limited service. And, yeah. um, but it was, for me, it was amazing. I, 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 I've often looked back and, and I've thought I landed at the right place yeah. at the right time with the right people. Graham, and of course, went on many years later to be the publisher and editor of uh, the newsstand magazine, UFO magazine, 
which sold in in very large quantities, you know, not just in the UK, but in many different mm-hmm. parts of the world. Sadly, you know, he, he, he passed away, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was up and running and it was, it was great. And um, that's how it all began for me, gentlemen. Wow. That's that wow. absolutely amazing. That is, that is absolutely amazing. But can I, ask, can I ask you something? What have you found through the years uh, working in the UFO field? What have you found? What have I with found? UFOs? Yes. What well, can I, I, interesting I set, you know, I set off, you know, when I landed at the Yorkshire UFO Society, I knew virtually mm-hmm. nothing apart yeah. from what I'd read in, in these books. I was an absolute 100% believer that UFOs were aliens from another world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, I've, what I have learned in the 40 plus years that I've been involved is that it's not as simple as that. Yeah. It's not as black and white as mm-hmm. are they ours or someone else's yeah. or are yeah. they something else? Is it the UFO phenomenon, which is singular, or the yes. UFO phenomena, which is plural, and yeah. and and that's I think it's the latter of those two now. But I used to th- think the opposite way. And what I what I found, guys, is that whenever you think I'm on a path here, yeah. this this these <clears throat> this is the the, the answers are, are here. And just as you get in that mode, something will crop up, or a case, or an incident, or you read something else yeah. that will just give you the a kick up the backside and oh, yeah. and, and, you, and yeah. you think right sorry <clears throat> I thought I was onto something there but I'm I'm actually not and um, so I you know I I didn't have a list but I kind of had a list of things I wanted answering um, n- not a definitive list yeah and, and some of those questions have been answered down down the decades but there's still some that that I haven't quite got around to yet or I haven't found the answers because I always said if I find the answers that's me done that's, you know, that's you... very true I mean it, it, it's, it's where do you go in the UFO field I mean are the aliens from outer space or is it secret technology that the government is working on I mean it's it's mind boggling the it way is, some things go there's a whole list of possibilities or theories you know it's not just one or two and <laughs> there's arguments for and against all of these, the most popular, of course, the most romantic is they're aliens from another world. Yes. But what's happened down the decades as well is that, you know, mankind's scientific knowledge has also expanded. And we know yes. far more about the universe and our place in it now than we did, you know, 40 years ago. For example, the the observable universe is an estimated 48 billion light years across. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just uh, try and get your head around that. It's, it's got an estimated 2 trillion galaxies. That's and within those galaxies yeah. are countless stars and planets. So when you talk about the likelihood of, of, of life existing, it has expanded exponentially. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> the distances from us to anything else that's has also has also got bigger. Mm. So you know it's a kind of giving in one hand and taking away in the other. I, bu- I mean but, I believe that a hundred percent. I believe that there could be races out there. I believe that there's races out there that right now, but it's the distance. 
to well, travel. It's, it's, it's a the distance and the time as well, because yes. you know, we you know mankind's only been in existence. Whether you, whether you believe in evolution or creation, we haven't been around for long. We've only been sending radio signals out into space for I don't know 150 years. Yeah. So the the chances of how would they de- let, let's let's say guys you you guys tomorrow you invent yeah. warp drive like Star Trek you can go anywhere yeah. in the universe and your sole purpose is to look for other life forms where would you go? Ooh, uh, it is so big. Where would you go? The chances are, you know, you would be going for centuries and never yeah. find a thing. Or you could be extremely lucky, you know, and and hit the bullseye. But that that's how big the you and and, and yeah. the operative word in all that was the observable universe. Mm-hmm. You know, our knowledge is expanding all the time, of course. Yeah. And so we could kind of reverse that. Let's assume there are intelligent life forms elsewhere in the universe. How would they detect us? <sighs> Well, that's very true because we've only been really pumping out transmissions for so yeah. long. Yeah, and of course, the only off chance is if they were flying past the Earth. But yeah. then again, you come into the size of the universe. Yeah, and of course, chance, yeah. you know, rad- what we call radio transmissions, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, analog, will be gone. Mm-hmm. Not in not too distant future, it will be gone. It will all be digital, so we'll not be sending any messages. Of any kind into space, there'll be no way of of, of of detecting radio or TV signals because it will all be digital. I suppose, um, I, I suppose, in a way, if there was a a star race out there, a race in the ship flying along, and they came across maybe Voyager, an old satellite, right? They came across Voyager one, and they thought, "Good, somebody's made this, right?" So maybe if they could track it, but, but as you say. It's the size and it's time. Exactly. By the time exactly. that gets outside of our totally well, the, vo- the, the Voyager spacecraft is the only man-made thing to leave the solar system. Yes. Exactly. Our solar system. Yeah. And, it, it, and it, of course, it was used in the movie, Star Trek. That's the right. First, the That's first right. Star Trek movie, Vija. That's you know? And But we also have to, we, we have to try and think differently. We can only think as humans. Yes. You know, for whatever reason, mankind has always wanted to know more. We we wanted to get down from the trees, come out of the cave, see mm-hmm. what was over that next hill, what was over that ocean, yes. you know, what's on that planet. Yes. There may be intelligent species out there that are quite happy exactly where they are, and they couldn't give a monkey's. You know. Yeah, there might be there might be beings out there so technologically advanced might know of us, but they just don't just want anything well, to do with they us. They won't even know about us. They're quite happy. They've evolved totally, totally alien to us. You know, mm-hmm. they perhaps don't have disease like we do. Maybe they're not warring tribes like we are. They're quite happy, you know. And we don't yeah. have to go anywhere else. We've got everything else we need here. You know, they don't. So I, I've often, I've often said, let's just think about this. The next most intelligent species on Earth are the dolphins. Yes. Yep. Now, we can teach them to jump up in the air and catch a fish. Yeah. But can you say to to uh, to the dolphin, you know, Flipper, how are you going today? How are you feeling? You had a nice day? How's the wife? You know, you cannot 
We no. cannot communicate with them whatsoever. And, and, and they are an intelligent species. They think they are self-aware. I think, yes. therefore, I am. Yeah. So they're self-aware, but we have no idea when they're, when they're looking back at us what their what thoughts are. Yes. They're mm. thinking, you know, who's this idiot? I'll jump I... out and the, the damn fool's going to give me a fish, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we could be the intergalactic dolphins. <laughs> you know, if, there may be a species out there that is communicating with us, but we, we're, we're just ignoring it. We're just too we dumb to recognise it. You know, we're yeah. just not capable. It's 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 sad to think that there might be races out there trying to communicate as we're right now, but we're that stupid we just cannot. Well, think about this. That. You know, if you took if you took your computer screen now and put it in an ant colony, yeah. the ants would know it's there they would crawl all over it you know they, yeah. they, they might attack it the work you know, but they would never ever in a zillion years be able to figure out what it was where it came from mm -hmm. what it's use why it could even be playing you could be talking to them on it you know yeah and they wouldn't have a clue but yet they're, a, they're a highly organized in their own little world you know um yeah. it's, it's fascinating it, it is. truly is fascinating. So when people talk about aliens coming to the U, to the, and they may well be right, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying mm. it's not as simple and as straightforward as some people would imagine. Yes. You know, they claim, for example, we detonated the first atomic bomb in 1945. Two years later, you have the UFO crash at Roswell. The aliens saw the atomic bomb. Well, how did they see it? You know, how, how did you see it? They would have to be facing the, the direction of the atomic blast in the first place. You know, unless unless they were here already well, watching us. Well, right. Unless they were here already watching us and just thinking, what are these what are these ants up to, right? See where the ants. What are these ants up to? Mm -hmm. And boom, they're like, oh, they've found they found the nuclear bomb. They've they figured it out. But if they'd been watching us, they would have known it was coming anyway. That's very true. I mean, so it's I mean, not it's not as, as as black and white as when I first joined the subject that UFOs were either complete bunkum or they were aliens. Because that that yeah. was it. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. it's not as straightforward as that. And there are all kinds of, you know. Um, other subjects mixed in with us. That's why I call it phenomena, plural. Yes. The, we, we could be dealing with a whole host of different things that we've, we've got all mixed up in, into one. Yes. I do think there's a lot... I do think that the governments of the world do have a lot of technology. And I do think a lot of the technology is... They think it's UFOs, but it's no UFOs. I mean, just look at the stealth bomber or the U-2 spy plane. They were all thought to be UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just secret yeah. spy technology. Well, it's the same with the paranormal subject. That I mean, you know, there's yeah. a whole host of, again, phenomena. Yeah. And people used to think, oh, you know, a psychic experience equals, oh, I've seen a ghost. It must be a dead person. Well, it, it's, it, again, it's not as straight, for me, it's not as straightforward as that. It yeah. could well be, yeah. but there are many other ways of well, looking it, at it. Could, it. It could be the stone tape theory where, like, absolutely, it records yeah. maybe, or it might be a slip in time. You know, it might be like a slip in the time where it's you're yeah. seeing something, you think that person's dead because you're, let's say, in the 19, you're in the 1990s or the 19, 
right? And you see like a Victorian woman walking to them. That may just be some weird <laughs> thing that's happened. It's <laughs> 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 some weird, some weird thing that's happened that's maybe opened a doorway in time. You you don't know. So this is the thing. It could be a spirit, but then again, it could just be a slip in time. Yeah, uh, and, uh-huh. and we must, you know, keep all this in mind. And and and, um, but at the end of the day, be it the paranormal or be it UFOs, there is something that is intangible that at the moment always seems to be just out of our grasp. But nonetheless, it is worthy of our time and our study. Um, yes, I, I call it, you know, rocks from the sky. It's yes. only. You know, it's not that long ago. I think it was in the late uh, 18th century. Oh, no, the the 19th, 1800s, that astronomers of the day said, you know, it's impossible for rocks to fall from the sky. Yes. But then there was a shower of meteorites, I believe, in France, which was undeniable in the end. They had to admit, because if you look in the sky, it's obvious there's no rocks there. It's clouds, you know, but there's no rocks. But of course, we now know these are meteorites. Yes. I mean, I there was a there was a time when the earth when people thought that the earth was flat. But mind you, you still get you still get I would also argue that the ancient Greeks, you know, knew that the the world was not flat. They they no. measured it. So yeah, exactly. it's, it's it, you know. But so I think when it comes to UFOs today, we know that the, there is a, a a core phenomenon there, but. It's a, it's a rock from the sky, but we don't quite we haven't quite mm-hmm. figured it out what, what it is and what it comes from and how it appears and uh, its nature, its origin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. it's it's like I mean lately the, the U.S. government's been releasing a lot of stuff, right? But the fighter jets tracking the what is it over the Pacific? They were tracking the the th- this thing they just could not keep up with. The one side of me is like, oh, that, that could be aliens, but then again. As it could be, it could just be another country with a secret technology. Absolutely. What 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 is intriguing though is that the the U.S. Navy that we're talking about released you know three videos. Yes. Um, they've all got the the, the nickname the Tic Tac, but only one of them yeah. was the Tic Tac, uh, and that was over the sea. Uh, now these were all filmed by military fighter jets, U.S. military fighter jets. These mm-hmm. fighter jets cost 100 million plus dollars each but yet when they film these things what do you get you get a fuzzy blob (laughs) 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 which is perfectly true with their fuzzy blobs but yet you see in different theaters of conflict around the world where they have smart bombs laser-guided yeah. missiles and so on, you can see yes. the building they're aiming at, the people standing outside, the traffic yes. going past, and then boom, pretty yeah. clearly. But yet, when it came to these three videos that have been released, they're yeah. fuzzy blobs. Now, it was a fuzzy blob. <laughs> can you imagine? I, I mean, the US Navy were, were on a training exercise while they were, they were playing war games. But yeah. imagine it's not war. We've got, we've got the Russians massing... On, on the Ukrainian border as oh, we speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine one of these planes going into combat and saying, I've got a fuzzy blob on my screen, do I blow it up? Is it the Russians or is it not? Surely, if it was a Russian fighter jet, they would be able to recognise it. They wouldn't I'd... just get a fuzzy blob on the screen. See, you know? see this is, this is the think. problem. 
you see, this is the problem. I know exactly what you're talking about. You walk, you watch it like in Afghanistan or Iraq in the early years of the wars, and that was that was a few years ago, fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. and you could see the wee people moving about. You could you could totally make them out, right? You yeah. could totally make them out. But there was this jet worth mil- hundreds of millions of dollars, and it was a blob. Yeah. Right. They could not catch it. And not I only that. Yeah. When you hear the Navy pilots, you know, talking over this, they say there's a whole fleet of them. But where are they? Where where is this whole fleet? Because I mean, nobody's ever seen it. It makes um, you wonder if it's just like a diff information type of thing to I try and know. put it out there for people. All I'm saying, guys, you know, there's no doubt that the the release of all this information has lifted ufology out of the doldrums. It's put it into the mainstream. Yes. Mm-hmm. Taken seriously, no problem with that. However, like, we just have to remind ourselves that these jets film fuzzy blobs and yes. and. Yes, we have all the 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 the, story, the background story that goes with it, and it was captured on on radar on the on the naval vessels and so on. But none of that is new. And if you go back to um, you know uh, 1990 in Belgium, yeah, they captured it on 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 board radar on uh, F-16s. Mm-hmm. We think all oh, little Belgium. You know, they're still flying soft with camels. You know, no, they're not. They're they're, they're part of NATO. You yeah. know, um, and whatever the Americans have, we have. It, and, and but they did something different. They released it pretty much straight away. There was no film. It was just the the radar, the onboard radar. Um. So there is a precedent for this type of thing. Plus, we can go back down the years. It might not be film, but we have. Uh, you know, testimony uh, from military sources about things on radar and so on. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there is a lot of like, disinformation that I do think that, I mean, like, like the CIA and people like that, they have been notorious for putting out disinformation about yeah, UFOs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you got the um, the spy plane, uh, in flight, the CIA put out false UFO reports to cover up the fact that yeah. it was the spy plane going over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but here's an interesting little thing for you. Back, back, going back some decades, I, I, uh, um, I spoke to a gentleman by the name of uh, Wing Commander Alan Turner, MBE, retired from the Royal Air Force. His security clearance was so high that when the spy plane came into the UK to refuel, he was informed about it. I met the wing commander in person and he said, I forget the date, but I think it was back in the 60s, over mainland UK, sort of over the sort of Wiltshire, Somerset, that kind of area, he tracked six unknown targets, as, as did other air stations at the time, and even Heathrow. He reported it immediately to the Ministry of Defence, who said, we want a full report. Bearing in mind, we at the spy plane, he would have been informed. And he says, Philip, I could give you a list of what these things were not, but I cannot tell you what, what, it, what they were. There were six targets. You had six. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go in linear speed. They weren't going that fast. But he said, their rate of climb, because they had two radars, you know, one was the height-finding radar, okay. so they could track the rate of climb, mm-hmm. and they said it was astounding. Uh, and it's we easy. only got to find out about the wing commander quite by accident. A friend of mine was in a pub and the, with his 
his son-in-law chatting away about UFOs at the bar and the wing commander just happened to be sat at a table next to him and, and overheard yeah. them. And, uh, and we even had him come up and speak at one of our conferences. Uh, although I, but what is fascinating, I said, so you're telling me, uh, Mr. Turner, that, you know, you reported this to the Ministry of Defence. He said, I was ordered immediately to write a report about it. But when you go into the UFO files at the, at the National Archives, at the, there's no sign of it. I mean, you cannot, just, yeah. nothing. And it could be, a, you know, one of those things. It's gone astray. Paperwork does that. Uh, but, you know, it's... It's. Can you imagine the things that has been covered up over the years under the government? Well, again, we, we have to remember that not just our government, but governments in general, part of their mm. job is to keep secrets. Oh, yes. And sometimes the secret is not the information, it's how it's been obtained. Yeah. You know, the information in it might be quite worthless, but, it, you know, but how it's obtained is worth protecting so i'll give, I'll give you an example we, you know, our, our forces are covered by the, the, the official secrets act yes. a friend of mine used to work in a textile mill yeah making cloth and he said mm -hmm. to me well I, i've signed the official secrets act philip yeah i said bugger off you, you know you, you make cloth to, you know i thought he's pulling pulling my leg he says no he says some of the cloth that we make is used for uh, military dress uniforms. So mm -hmm. I have to sign the official secret sign. Yes. I said, well, is that cloth any different? To, to... No, it's exactly the same. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, the official secret tax in the UK is, is well out of date and it covers yeah, all kinds yeah. of things, you know. Mm -hmm. So things may be covered up simply because that's the way we do things. Yeah. yeah, you know, and you say, well, why? You say, well, because we always have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there ain't no reason why we don't we don't question it. We just do. Yeah. So, you know, so sometimes it, it, it's not as again, it's not as straightforward and as as obvious as we would think it was. Yeah. 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 Would you like to? Now it's certainly interesting to hear all, all your stories about uh, how. The field itself has progressed. What do you, as a whole, what are your thoughts on it becoming more open discussed? Because obviously, instead of you know, there's not as much secrecy behind the matter. That yes, there is something in fact going on, but at the same time, would you agree that it potentially causes a risk allowing it to be discussed more simply because people get mixed up so much too easily? Yeah, I mean, when we look at the, the Pentagon Papers that came out last year, you know, a nine-page document, briefing document about what their plans are, they're setting up their, their you know, task force to look into this subject. But they're, they're start, they're, they're, their starting date is 2004. They're not going to deal with anything before that. And they're only going to deal with military sources. There's some suggestion they might, you know, bring in... Um, civilian aircraft and things like that but but i can understand that because yeah. you know they are talking about these things being observed what they call multiple platforms so it yeah. be on board radar you know ground-based radar 
film, photographs, etc., etc. Not just some guy out walking his dog tonight who sees something bizarre. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so I can understand that. And I can understand them having a, you know, a, a starting line because mm-hmm. no matter where you put the starting line, you will be criticised. You know, yeah. so they're starting with things in 2004 because of the Navy videos. That's when one yes. of them was taken. So, again, I can understand that. But what a, a lot of two things. Uh, people forget at the at, when all this came out, they said we cannot rule out it being the Russians or the Chinese. Yes. So is that a sort of indirect way of saying we need more for our defense budget? Which in the yes. states is already in the trillions of dollars. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think they spend the most. The, 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 the United States must spend oh, the you, most. In the U.S. Has, has the highest in defense spending of multiple countries. So that that could be a kind of different way of saying we need more money. We don't we we don't know what these things are. Look at them. Our jets mm-hmm. can't even catch them. Yeah. You know, and the cameras we, are showing blobs. Yeah, just just oh. think about it. If these are Chinese or Russian, we're in trouble. So we need, I don't know what you'd need the money for, but, you know, you don't always have to, (laughs) you can always make room for more money in the defence budget, surely. Um, But, you know, these videos got out there, so it's pretty pointless saying, oh, we don't know anything about them, we're not interested, blah, 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 because we know that's not true. Um, So... You know, I don't, I don't like 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 the Belgians when when they released the the the, um, the film of the onboard radar. It didn't do them yes. any harm. There was no mass panic. You know, the stock market in Belgium didn't crumble. You know, they didn't burn the churches and kill the politicians. It gave an air of well, that's that's fascinating. I, I have noticed. I have noticed that the rhetoric with the the UFO. I mean, and. Maybe go back a couple of years, right? UFO. If you talked about UFOs, especially on the news, they would all take the piss for it. They would laugh. They would make a fool of it. See now, it's as if the it's as if the the program in the UFOs is getting more and more. Well, it's but been taken see, more yeah. seriously, yeah. yeah. But, but but again, yeah, you have to look back. The the interest or the coverage of UFOs um has gone up and down down the decades for example yeah. in in the sort of early 90s early to mid 90s again it was treated very seriously simply because you got people like dr john mack a harvard professor coming out you know of the shadow and saying you know these alien abductions there's something to this and it shouldn't yes. be dismissed he was a harvard professor pulitzer prize winning author you know, yes. so again, that gave the the subject uh, a de- you know a degree of seriousness. Um, so we're in the same position now, p- perhaps you know heightened. But um, so how long it will last remains to be seen. Um, for me, you know, yeah. long long may it last. Oh, yeah. um, but you also have to look back. To begin with, we used to use the term flying saucers. Yes, the U.S. military invented the phrase. UFO to give it a degree of credibility. Mm-hmm. Now they've changed that to UAP again to give it an air of credibility. Yes. So we'll see. But UAP is nothing new. It's been, it's been used on and off for, for mm-hmm. some time now. But now all you hear is this the phrase UAP. So they're trying yeah. to give it a, a bigger air of credibility. And we'll see where it leads. They've made certain um, promises. 
And of course, these are promises by politicians who ultimately are accountable to their voters. Yes, I mean, I found it. I found it quite interesting how the Pentagon has started releasing quite a lot of stuff. You we'll know, see, won't we? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, yeah. we'll, we'll see. You know, that if it's to believe, they do have more. Let's hope it's better clarity than these fuzzy blobs. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and we shall yeah. see. We'll see what maybe, happens. Maybe they're maybe they're just wanting their jets upgraded. You don't know. They might want better cameras in their jets. <laughs> Well, it's all part of the defence budget, like yeah. we said. Oh, these oh, yeah. are Russians. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and you've got the Russians, you know, like we said, massing their, their military forces on the yes. Ukrainian border. Um, yep. Whether anything happens remains to be seen. It's They've yeah. done it in the past of the Russians and nothing happened. Yeah. If you go back to 1980, when the Solidarity Movement was rising in Poland, mm-hmm. they did the same there. The, the troops were massing on the Polish border. Uh, but thankfully, there was no military conflict. So yeah. again, that, that's something that that will, well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I think I think a lot of it too is today with a lot of mind games, especially with Russia. Well, uh, mind games. You know, we've had we've had attacks here in the in the UK, like we had the Salisbury poisonings right. and and right. uh, the gentleman before that that died. So. You know, the the Russian bear likes to flex its muscles in one way or another from time to time. And if we go back to our own Ministry of Defence here in the UK, Mm -hmm. they've been consistent in their correspondence about the UFO subject down the decades. And they were quite openly have always admitted that, look, there are things that are reported to us that we don't know what they are, but we don't necessarily make any investigations into them. All we are interested in is from a defence point of view. And what that means was, if it's not us, is it the Russians? If it's not the Russians, Russians. we're not interested. And a lot of people don't believe that, but they have said that consistently for decades. Oh, yeah. You you would think that they would want to protect against the Canadian race. I mean, like hypothetically, let's say that these things, these blobs that the jets were chasing, right? They've got nothing to do with Earth. They've got nothing to do with any of the, the technological advancements in Earth. Nobody in Earth. It's see it as aliens. You would think they would want to like protect the civilians, the public. Yeah, but are they, they, have they ever been hostile? That's the thing that I don't think they have. Have they? Now we had I mean, we had a department at the Ministry of Defence called in in the intelligence services called DI fifty five. And on occasion, maybe five or six times a year, it would look into certain UFO reports, usually if they came from what they call a credible source. That was pilots, police officers, people of that nature. Not not always, but mostly. And they still say that now, although they say, you know, the UFO desk is gone. But if need be, we will still look at credi- you know, such incidents from a credible source. And that means pilots and, and so on. Um, but they've, they've got no intention of getting into the, uh, the UFO hunting business uh, yeah. as, as so far as we know. And, they've mainly, and, I, and I, in, in a lot of ways, I, I, I believe them, yeah. you know, because yeah. what we have to remember is we don't actually investigate UFOs. We mm-hmm. investigate 
reported sightings of UFOs. I can't. You might. You two might be the two richest men in the world now, and you're the top scientists. I can't give you a piece of a flying saucer or a UFO. Yeah. Go put. Go take it to the top laboratory in the world and figure out what that is. I can't do that. I can give you like the wing commander. I can give you his testimony, and yeah. and you know backed by yeah. his his military knowledge. But there's nothing. It's gone. Yeah, it's over and done. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the paranormal world, I yeah, saw yeah. the Victorian lady walk through my living room. <laughs> and you don't yeah. have any tangible evidence of that. You have witness testimony, which, right. as we know, in a lot of instances, can be flawed as well. Yeah. So, well, it could it, be. Uh, yeah, it could. It, as I say, it could be. It, it might not be a spirit you're seeing. It might just be something different. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've witnessed psychic phenomena. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I even had a, my own near-death experience. Yeah. Um, but, really? uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. die, though. I didn't no. die. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, I've got a, a, um, a, I've had a long illness with heart disease. Yeah. So uh, I've had a heart attack. I, I suffer from heart failure. And I have a pacemaker with a defibrillator yes. in it. Now, in 2016, I was cooking some dinner here at home, and I had an attack of what's called cardiac arrhythmia. In other words, your heart goes really fast. Mm -hmm. And it was almost, I'm I'm in the kitchen on my own. It's almost like, um, it was almost like a, you know, soap opera heart attack. I clutched my chest. I put one hand on on the side to try and hold myself up. My legs buckled. And mm-hmm. just as I was about to hit the floor, my defib fired. Right. Bang! You know, like a kick from a mule. Yes. But at the same time, I'm watching all this from the other end. We have a big, long galley kitchen. I'm watching this completely dispassionate, no feelings, no emotion from the other end of the kitchen, and I'm looking down on it, and I can see it happening. And I'm that's, totally detached from it. My heart never stopped because... In your uh, pacemaker, you also have a recorder. So when I ended up in the hospital, they downloaded the information. I never lost consciousness. When the defib fired, I staggered forward and shouted at my wife and entered the living room, and uh, and she called, you know, the ambulance. Um, but I can, I can picture it now. And it was me. Yeah. But that, yeah, that I is, never, but yeah, amazing. I never died. Uh, as for psychic phenomena, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So my ex-wife, we went mm-hmm. to London. I, I won't say which newspaper, but we went to one of the main, the offices of the main, one of the main daily newspapers here in the UK yeah. to discuss me writing a feature for them. Huge, great office building, you know, in London. Yeah. I knew this guy's name, but I, I didn't know anything about him. I We went in, went through security, got our badge, sat down. This lady came down, she took us up to his office. It was This was his secretary. Made us a cup of coffee. And he walked in. Nice. And he said, oh, nice to meet you. Me and my wife. And he said, have you had lunch? So no, we, we literally just arrived. Come on, we'll go up to the executive dining room. So he goes upstairs. So he sat there. He, he was the um, assistant editor. Mm-hmm. And there was the picture editor, the features editor, and some, old, some other chap. And we're eating away, chatting about what pictures we can use and what we're going to write about. And my wife was 
surprisingly quiet. It wasn't like her. And she yeah. said to this fella, he's the assistant editor. He sat next to her, actually. She's in between us. And she says, do you know somebody called Josh? And he starts spotting and, you know, and we finished our lunch, went back down to his office, and he wasn't happy. He said, yeah. who have you been talking about? Me? Who, who's been telling you things? Nobody. We, we literally arrived five minutes before you opened the door. Yeah. And he started crying. And apparently Josh was a girlfriend he'd had when he was a teenager. He was now in his 50s. And that even wasn't her name. That was his nickname for her. Her name, whatever it was, wasn't even close to Josh. And he said to my, my wife, how, how did you know that? She said, I just saw the word Josh in big letters right across your forehead. J-O-S-H. Like, straight across your forehead there. And I just had to say something. That's fascinating. And it worked because I got I got the job. I wrote a feature and got paid for it. And I've kept in touch with him ever since. That's, you know. That's now, what pretty... that was, I don't know. I witnessed that myself. I'm not biased because it was my wife. You know, I, I this gentleman he was a, a high flyer in the newspaper and industry. That's why I've not mentioned his name. Yeah. But it, it is perfectly true. He's retired now anyway. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Make of it what you will, gentlemen. You know, I I, I believe you a hundred percent because yeah, that's that's really really and that's so interesting because we do a lot of paranormal stuff too. We do a lot of stuff about spirits and stuff too, and I find that really. I said to a friend of mine, look, I told him about my near death experience. He said, "Well, you must have died," I said, but I didn't. My heart didn't stop. I didn't lose consciousness. Well, you must have done. Because <laughs> yeah. he believes in the spirit world. You bought anything. Yeah, yeah, he believes in the spirit world and, and the afterlife and heaven and all that lot. I, I'm not saying I don't believe. I, you know, it, well, I don't it, really. But it makes you wonder what would have happened if your pacemaker hadn't uh, triggered. I'd be dead. You see. So as maybe, simple as that. Yeah. Had had my, my, my the pacemaker <clears throat> tried to reset the rhythm of my heart, which failed. It couldn't do it. So then what your defib does is zap it to get, put it yeah. back to its natural rhythm, which it did, you know. So by the time the paramedic got here, my pulse and my heart rate were all back to normal. I was a bit out of it, but, oh, but yeah. my, you know, oh, all yeah. my observations, as they call them, that they do in the hospital, they were all back to normal. And I spent, you know, a good week, 10 days in hospital. I didn't tell anybody at the hospital there because what was the point, you know. But I told my wife, and she just shook her head. You know, what kind of I, a weird bugger am I living with? <laughs> I, but, you know, it's, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's I find that fascinating. That's yeah. really, that. So I had a near-death experience, but I didn't actually die. Make yeah. of it what you will. You know, I, well, but maybe 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 you did for a split millisecond. Look, you're and getting like my friend now. You're getting like my friend now. But maybe I did. <laughs> maybe I did. I don't know. I never know anymore. <laughs> so, Dakota, we've got about, what, we've got about, what, seven minutes or something left of the show. Would you like to ask any questions before we tail up? Well, I don't know. There's so many, like you said before in this interview, there's so many facets to this type of thing. Let's go on with your experience, Philip. 
if an individual wanted to start going into research into this topic, maybe they've had their own experiences, yeah. what would yeah. be your recommendations to them? Well, uh, you know, the old, the old saying from uh, Fox Mulder, trust no one. Yeah. You know, the, you enter into this subject usually for your own self-interest. And mm. make up your own mind. You know, don't necessarily pin your hat on any one theory. Keep, try and keep your mind open. Don't wince if somebody offers some constructive criticism because yes. it's always welcome. Well, There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with being sceptical. Yes. A debunker is something entirely different. If you have a debunker, then don't take any notice of them because they say it cannot be, therefore it isn't. Well, mm -hmm. you know. So there's nothing wrong with, an, uh, you know, a heavy dose of scepticism at times. But at the end of the day, there is a core phenomena there, be it the UFO or paranormal field, that you can, if you want to, get your teeth into it. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm just, my dad was a coal miner. You know, he worked down yes. the mine all his life, out of school yep. with no qualifications. And it's my own, I don't know what you want to call it, enthusiasm, for want of a better word, that got me involved in this subject. And it has taken me around the world. Not, I don't mean just mean physically. I, you know, have colleagues. I, I, I've been on television. I mean, I don't yes. know any of my in pals at school. Would have been on television. When we left school, yeah. we were either primed to go down the mine, work in the factory or the mill. You know, I, I worked in a factory for a long time. And, you know, I'm proud to say that. Um, but um, nothing much was thought of us. Let's put it that yeah. way. You yeah. know, but this getting involved in this subject has broadened my outlook and my mind no end. Don't sit and watch a soap opera. You know, mm -hmm. irrespective of what field you are interested in, if you are keen on photography or field yeah. work or investigations, etc., there's something there for everyone. If they, if they, or if you just want to have a passing interest in it, you can go to the conferences, watch fantastic podcasts like this yeah. one or others around the world. There's a multitude of, of books. I would recommend Flying This Press, of course, my own little outfit for UFO books. Yeah. But there's something there for everybody, right. w w irrespective of what level of interest you want to get involved in. And it, it is a, I don't care what anybody says. Somebody said, oh, you're wasting your time. I said, well, it's my time to waste, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm not sat in front of the TV eating TV dinners, you know. I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm in, I, I've got something that occupies my mind the biggest part of the day. That and my wife... <laughs> Turn that laptop off. <laughs> How much longer you gonna be? You know, uh, and it is the same in the paranormal field. It is a fascinating area to be involved yes. in, and there's something there uh, for everybody. It's it's kind of like it's, it's it's like you say, like humans, like the light to explore. Well, this is what it's doing for me. I'm I'm doing what I want to do. I'm exploring the new. I'm getting to meet people like you, Philip. But UFOs, yeah. I'm getting yeah. the ghost stuff, spirit stuff. This is what I love doing, and it's the same for Prolo Dakota here, you know. Yeah, I've met people from all walks of life, yeah. you know, from your, from your housewife who's seen this thing land in the field next to where she lives, to the doctors and professors, and uh, you know, wing commanders, and everybody in between. Yeah, and I I treat them all just as equal. They're just the same as you as me, uh, mm -hmm. but 
the, the one thing that they have in common is that, is that this thread of UFOs, either as a witness or as a researcher mm-hmm. or an investigator or an author. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I've, I've got involved in some fascinating stuff, gentlemen. I, I really yeah. have, and, and still am. Yeah. It's still ongoing. You know, the, the thirst for more knowledge and more, and more involvement, you know, hasn't gone away. Uh, well, it will not really go away until you find like, proof. I mean, until you find if aliens are actually visiting Earth, you know, it, or, something never, else. You know or something else, uh-huh. or, or something whatever else. it could be, yeah. or what yeah. it could be. It might not yeah. be an alien, it might be something else, as you say. Yeah, it could be a Scotsman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. Uh, it's all right. We're, off, we're awfully good at inventing stuff, so. <laughs> Uh, listen, my, my mate in Scotland often reminds me that we, you know, it was a Scotsman that invented television. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I said he wasn't clever, uh, he wasn't clever enough to copyright it, though, was he? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. You know, I would, I would like to thank you, Philip, for coming on the show. My, really, my pleasure. Really, really, yeah. really, really good. And ladies and gentlemen, please go and buy all your books, every one of them. Links will be yeah, in the description. Check yeah, it out. It's definitely yeah. a fascinating discussion. I'm going to be getting them. I'm going to get every one of them. You well, know. thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah. It's been a great pleasure speaking to yeah. you this evening. And if you're ever in sunny Pontefract, you know where I am. Yes, we will well, indeed. So, wait, Dakota, will we play the intro, outro? Yeah, yes, but um, we should play that. This go on here. Be sure that. Like, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Stay safe, everyone. See you next time. Bye, guys.